Building <laughs> off that, Moses addresses this idea in the song, Keeps Me Alive, where he says, childlike curiosity about my fate is the only thing that makes me stay. Dang. As we grow older, we tend to claim to know things. We lose our curiosity for the world because we place them into boxes so we can understand them. Ah, that's a no small thing mission statement. I know. I'm like, this is lesser, more curious. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, welcome to No Small Thing, the podcast dedicated to helping you live a less certain, more curious life. Currently dedicated to shining the light of curiosity on Moses Sumney's album, Gray. I'm Scott. And I am Mace. Welcome to episode 170. Nine. It's nine. Nine. It's nine. Yeah. It's 179. Welcome. Woo. Fanfare. Yay. Yes. Mike, is, is, it, uh, is it a drum roll? Table <laughs> <laughs> Moses Sumney. Um, most welcome, everybody. You are joining a podcast where we are currently deep diving the album Great by Moses Sumney. Bam, bam, bam. We are. Welcome back. We're welcome back. We are now like. Getting right to the heart of it. We've yeah. we've done intro, we've done the first four tracks, and tonight we'll be talking about tracks five and six. Conveyor and boxes. Yeah, baby. Yeah. And I guess to a certain extent, if if we were really just being pure getting right into the music, I guess that's what we would do. <laughs> but we're not. I guess it's a short check-in. Do you have that's a, our well, style? Do you have a check-in? Well, I don't know. How are you doing? How, how are you doing with this album? How are you how doing with, am I doing with the this vibe album? of the podcast? I mean, I will say, first of all, you and I have acknowledged this. It's, it's doing pretty good with listens. This was a, a definite like uh, gamble? gamble for us. Gam- very small gamble. But, <laughs> you know, we don't have tons of listeners, but we have a substantial amount of listeners. And we thought I thought this is really risky. Like, what if we do this and all the listeners disappear? They're like we are not here for this content. And so far it's doing well. So, so that's far it's doing great. So that means hopefully people are enjoying this. I We're was, enjoying it. I, I think I said this last week and I said it again before we started recording this, that this feels really fun for us to be doing these songs because we aren't like a typical music podcast where it's something like dissect that is maybe a little bit more has kind of an academic feel and a mm. bit of a feel of like, we're breaking it down. We're keeping it tight. We're keeping it to the music, which and an extreme deep dive. We're, we're deep diving, but not that not, hard. Not to that extreme. And I think something that is part of our style as a podcast is we take something and run with it. It's mm-hmm. like we take the topic and then we free associate around it. And so that's kind of what we're getting with these songs is taking a look at the song, deep diving it, but then allowing whatever comes up for us mm-hmm. and then the space between us to create its own meaning. And so it's been fun to just have these songs as like starters for conversations around other themes. So like last week talking about toxic masculinity this week, I think we'll be talking a lot about labels and identification. We'll see. Is that what you're going to talk about? (laughs) Definitely is. So so get ready. Um, But I think that this has been a really cool, and this is, I think what really good music does is it is, it goes beyond the music and it allows an entry point for I don't know, things to enter you and make their way in you. And then I think what makes, 
I, what makes music or good art so fun is the meaning you make out of it yeah. and what it brings up for you. Mm-hmm. So I think something we often say here is like, we invite you on this journey. And I think folks who are still listening or still following feel, I hope you feel invited on this journey to like also join alongside us and yeah. see what these songs bring up and do to you. And hopefully you're listening to the album. Yeah. You know, oh, I mean, I think that's my, my guess is at this point it would be so hard not to be. Yeah, but everybody has their own listening habits. Like, I, I, I bet, well, who knows? Who knows? I, I, I bet everybody has their own listening habits. I was just about to speculate on how people are listening, you know. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I would say I, I feel or sense that most people, and I could be wrong about people that listen to us, don't sit down for the whole album very often. I, I, would, get, I would guess that, that people have started to plug a few songs into some playlists Ooh, that's a fun, that's a fun thought. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. That might be true. It's a good little take. I'll say something spontaneously about this process. It's, it's, it's sort of meta because it weaves in with no small thing of like less certain, more curious and gray. And I think that is sort of one of the reasons we were drawn to the album along Mm -hmm. many reasons. Mm -hmm. Mason, I thought it was sort of a perfect Venn diagram merge of our two styles, Mm -hmm. like not an artist that's a Mace artist and not an artist that's a Scott artist, but like both a Scott and Mace artist. Um, but I, I sense this thing of, it's similar about lesser, more curious. It's like the gray and no, no categories and Mm -hmm. even the art life. Mm -hmm. Like I think about David Lynch and the art life and I think about Moses Sumney choosing the art life. Totally. And I think to a certain extent in terms of the life I chose, which was not really the art life, I'm so captivated and in sort of agreement with the style and the philosophy and, the message and the vibe and the aura and the practice and everything he's doing and standing for and what he's trying to communicate. And yet I, I am coming up against my own social networks mm-hmm. stigmatization of this sort of vibe. Like we're very, every human, it's not just like my particular social network. It does seem like it's sort of human nature to make the categories and the boxes and, no matter where you are on any sort of political spectrum or religious affiliation, you have those boxes, mm-hmm. you know? It feels really interesting that you're saying this because I know earlier today we had a conversation where both Scott and I do this practice of morning pages where we free associate right in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I do think that that's really trying to get at this breaking out of the, I mean, I'm already, I, I don't want to jump ahead too much, but you this morning were talking about how your morning pages there was like these voices in you of like emerging desires. They're they're very clear. They're very clear emerging Mm -hmm. desires. And I think it is really, I I find it not unironic. I don't know what I mean by that word. I find it not. mm, Mm -hmm. It's like, this is what happens when you deep dive a song and really take it to its extent that like, right when we hit these songs that are kind of taking that head on this theme of, society says to live a certain way. So society gives you the conveyor belt to live on. Society gives you the boxes that that's like what you're grappling with mm-hmm. right now. It feels like this, the album is as I feel like, and that's something so cool of taking an album slowly Yeah, is like the themes can slowly work in you and move in you in a way. Yeah, And it's like, Oh, we've gotten to this point last week was like kind of questioning 
masculinity, questioning your identity, all those things. And now it's like, and then this, and you know, then, it's like draws more out. And people are like, what, what is this? Yeah. Do you want to, should we just jump get right into, into it? Conveyor? Yeah. So I guess that's where we're at. I mean, I, I, I think there's more to say. I think, I think I will say you've probably spent a lot more time with this album than me. I've probably listened to it all the way through three or four times in one sitting. Oh, interesting. But, um, listen to it choppily for, for as long as it's been out. So yeah. I'm familiar with the songs. Um, and I, I definitely feel like I'm through this process becoming a lot more intimate with yes, it. Yes. Uh, and liking it even more, like I want to play during my little section, a little clip from an Anthony Fantano interview. And I, I like him. I like him as a reviewer. Uh, any reviewer is fine. Like you can't take any reviewer as the gospel or God <laughs> or anything like that. So it's like, I, I don't need to take any sort of reviewer too seriously. And he doesn't like this song. He kind of doesn't like Moses Sumney or well, he gives us, he gives the album a strong seven, which is a good review. I, I'm like, this deserves a strong <laughs> no, I, nine. It's like a, yeah, no, no, I think it, it's a perfect album. I think it's like a 10 and I think Moses Sumney's perfect. And I think, <laughs> <laughs> and I think underrated, I think underrated. I mean, yeah. he's appreciated by critics and stuff, but it's like, um, I mean, I, I've only seen clips of the black Lacia thing that we're probably going to watch, watch after tonight. this recording. Can't wait. We're, we're the real deal. You guys, we're <laughs> actual fans. We're going to watch black Lacia. But um, the vision, you know, it's it's it is sort of a reincarnation of Prince in a way. I think, but I think Moses Sumney, for my taste, takes things that like Moses Moses Sumney, um, Prince or Michael Jackson, and then I think Radiohead and Bjork and all these other great musicians. And I'm not saying takes it to the next level in terms of like doing better than Bjork or doing better than Radiohead, but in terms of the overall cohesive vision and the visuals and what yeah. he's doing yeah. with such a short amount of time. He's only 28. Like yeah. the, 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 what he does with these live performances are something you'd expect from like a 45 year old master in their prime. It's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, what mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is happening? No, there's something so creative and free and grounded and mature and wise mm-hmm. in the way he's, presents visuals. I mean, every song has incredible visuals to I go know. with it. Oh. <laughs> like, I think sometimes you're, I th- I'm saying this sort of jokingly and sort of f- seriously, like a chosen one, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I think it's like this idea of, okay, LeBron James, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan. So Kobe Bryant, these, these basketball players, and I don't even really follow sports, but I know what it feels like to be like, okay, well, LeBron James is getting older. Who's the next? Right. Who is right. the next? And then sometimes people wait around for a long time. I mean, I think just in terms of a compelling American leader, like, okay, we have Martin Luther King. And I know there's lots of other great leaders who are, but like, sometimes you're like, is there somebody that's going to lead us out of this? Mm-hmm. Who are we looking to right mm-hmm. now? Mm-hmm. And then musicians, it's like, okay, it's kind of a dry spell right now. Who's out there? And Who's all of a sudden it's like, Whoa. I know. I feel like <laughs> Moses, somebody, someone I was reading an article because someone was talking about how gray came out right as COVID happened. And they were like, Moses, somebody is a prophet. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> Full stop. Full stop. <laughs> That's not like they are a prophet and this is proof of it. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Okay. Let's, let's get into it. Um, I'm watching the time. I'll give myself about 30-ish minutes. Perfect. But, uh, Here we go. Conveyor. Conveyor. Deep dive. Scott's in charge of this one. So everybody, we've done the opening song, Insula. And then we went right into, I don't have it memorized. Cut Me. Cut Me. And then it was In Bloom. Mm-hmm. And then it was Viral last week. So that leads us into Conveyor. Mm-hmm. 
So here it goes, right? It's like <sighs> Viral and Convey are probably are the biggest like upbeat songs. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say big, but mm-hmm. like the most punk rock, supercharged, energetic. No, and the way it's this true. There's one a lot starts, of energy. Yeah. Yeah. The way this one starts to me feels like a train. I don't need to do it. I'm going to play clips, but I, yeah. I want, I feel, I'm just going to go with what I feel like. So let's just lay the groundwork. Got to Got to do these things. Cause it's interesting that when you deep dive, well, I mean, it sounds like a train. Then the first you go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, no, this is a conversation. <laughs> you know, want you feel free. The first, the first line is all aboard. Yeah. All aboard. Right. You know, it is. It's like, here all we are. Aboard. Um, so conveyor, I don't want to, this is the thing. This is what I do love about sort of interpretation and deep diving. Interpretation. Is, interpretation is <laughs> you think you have a, you, ha, you think you have a thought in mind. And I, and I think conveyor belt is very clear in this, right, like conveyor, right. conveyor belt. And he even mentions conveyor belt later, but. And the um, visual for the music video is him just running like in place. Belt. Yeah. Uh, but let's just take a look at the word, which seems to also. Oh, let's take a look at the word. A person or thing that transports or communicates something. Whoa. Conveyor. Whoa. Conveyor so to you. conveying something yeah. to you. Yeah. And so. Ooh, the I double mean, meaning there. I love it. You yeah. Know? I hadn't even thought of that. And I just want to say for me personally, I, I did like a, I found like a super cut yesterday. I think my brother sent it to me of David Lynch refusing to explain his work. And it's just him saying no over and over again. It's like <laughs> 20 different times. Somebody's like, Oh, you said, you said this in that movie. Were you trying to say this? He goes, no. And they're like, uh, this, 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 would you elaborate? No. <laughs> Honestly, most of somebody has a similar energy. Yeah. I think in that yeah. way. Yeah. So I think it gives us permission to, I think all artists like Moses Sumner or David Lynch are like, we, we invite you to bring, what your interpretations are. Right. But certainly there's no right interpretation. So I'm going to give myself permission to go with that. But I do think there's a lot of gray. I do think there's a lot of double meanings and entendres and word flips and twists and stuff. So, and then ambivalence, like to me, I when well, everybody, I guess we're setting up this song, but maybe I've assumed you've listened to it already, but if not, whatever, um, conveyor, even, even that big chorus part convey, you know, I think that I wrote these words and we'll get into it when it really gets into it. But I, I, I thought it can be a lament, a submission, but I also thought it could be pleasure and ecstasy. Hmm. And it could also be an announcement. Like I'm going to, I'm a conveyor. You. No, yeah. there's something almost like sacrificial of like, I'm going to, it's like mm-hmm. step off the conveyor belt and convey to you. Yeah. Isn't yeah. it interesting? Yeah. No, a that's lot. Really interesting. Okay. And then, and then taking a step further synonyms of the word conveyor are bearer, Runner, messenger, shipper, transporter, and emissary. Which makes sense why it's all aboard. Like yeah. it's a, we, all aboard. We're being transported. Mm-hmm. Like here we or, go. Or or a message is being delivered. A package. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's here it comes. Well, and I think. A I mean, get on the FedEx truck. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> Amazon Prime delivery. Da, 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 da. <laughs> a package is coming. <laughs> bup, bup, bup. <laughs> if we are to look at this album real quickly in. Like in terms of, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, like grammar. I don't think that's the word I'm looking for structure. The way we talked about this with Insula of it being like a lowercase song and then there being these uppercase songs and the lowercase songs being almost like transitional pieces. And it's interesting because conveyor comes, it's kind of the last song in the leading first into another tr- a transition. Yeah. So there is something where it's like, 
there there seems to be some kind of arc and this mm-hmm. is like a transition into the next part where there's actually like a lot of spurts of little short songs, longer yeah. song, short song, longer song. You know, all that, I, I, if I really thought about it, I'd probably be able to figure it out. But like to me, In Bloom is the, is, is the like thing that doesn't f- totally fit. It's like one thing is like not like the other. Because if you just went cut me to virile to this, that seems to be a, a cohesive little set right? of like what it means to be creative and sort of a mission statement almost grappling with your identity. No, it's true. In bloom is kind of like a, in bloom is like cock. It's like the jazz hour. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the, yeah, the jazz it's, hour. It's like bringing you into, I feel like yeah. it's, it's definitely an opening piece. And in bloom actually, I feel like stylistically matches the back half of the album totally. so much more than totally. the first half. Totally. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we haven't even. I'm directing myself at the editing. A great so so job far, directing. we Scott editor. We haven't even gotten to like sharing any of the actual sound bites from the song yet. But at, before we even get into it, I've even gotten to the lyrics yet. But I read an article from the New Yorker that had a cool little sound bite about the song because uh, this is the thing, everybody. What's the thing? Well, the thing about this interesting that we're even doing this podcast, there is so little out there. There's no YouTube videos deep diving a song. Mm-mm, there's mm-mm. N- there's hardly any articles. There's no articles just looking at a single song. Yes, and there's no. hardly any genius annotations. No, there aren't. There it's are very really few. tough. Mm-hmm. So the New Yorker said it's as if Sumney about the song. It's as if Sumney were trying to lull a chorus of malfunctioning machines into submission. His voice manages to cut through the chaos and the clatter, bringing with it a soothing refrain, offering a model of resilience, sometimes more captivating than the words themselves. Wow. There it is. Love it when a good reviewer can put something like that. Get the words really going. Um, So, yeah, I love that. I mean, trying to lull a course of malfunctioning machines into submission. That sounds perfect. It does. And it sounds right in line with what's literally Mm -hmm. the content of the song. Yeah, and, and I I wanted to say this a little halfway through this discussion, but I'll say it right now because it's just popping up. But, like, um, Kanye calls himself a, uh, what does he call it, process artist. Mm-hmm. So the things he's done with his albums were especially Life of Pablo and this last one, Donda, where he keeps updating the album. Mm-hmm. That's his little version of his art. And mm-hmm. I would say that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And I'm a fan of Kanye hot take, but people should know that about me. I I don't defend his poor actions, but I like Kanye's music and been a fan for a while. But, uh, I want to say for my taste, I like the way Moses does it. And here's what I mean by that. Yes. I think these live versions of Mm -hmm. the songs that he's done. Mm -hmm. And this is one of the most, the best examples Mm -hmm. are better than the album. Agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Right. He does this live in studio version of the song. Like, this is 
way better. This, right. and, and the album version's great. Right. But I'm like, okay, so that's a good way to do it. Like, get your album. Get a really and leave solid the album. song. Like, yep. leave it. That's your album. Don't mm-hmm. mess with it. Your fans like that. Like, yep. but then go ahead and make other versions. Make a next album. Mm-hmm. Make a live version. Mm-hmm. Make a concert. Do like, what they're doing with Black, like, with Black Alicia. Yeah. Like, take these songs, make new versions. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited that we're watching this after this. I'm like, mm-hmm. really amped up me, about me that. Me too. Me too. <laughs> Um, so anyways, I think interestingly, um, I think any, any album that I've experienced in my life where I, my initial, my initial impression is that I'm getting bored in quotes. Mm -hmm. It's actually, I think less about boredom and more about overwhelmed. And, and I don't even quite make sense for you. yeah, Yeah. Cause it's like so much is going on here. Like you just gave me this huge song and my mind is barely catching up to the words and the sounds. And here comes another big song. Mm-hmm, and and mm-hmm. I'm like, Whoa, what? Whoa. I whoa, think that's whoa. why, that's why I think that honestly boxes coming after this is so helpful Yeah, because just, it's like, I think it's like thesis statements totally, throughout. It's totally. like reading an essay and it's like, we went into the Netherlands and then it's like back to the point mm-hmm. here. Um, I'm getting ahead of this. Well, I'm getting well, ahead. Don't, I'm you, you get that's what we're doing. It's a meandering <laughs> conversation. So I think Viral and this are just so um, compelling just in terms of the energy that you can't fall asleep or get bored or lose track. It's Mm-mm. like, to me, it's just instantly captivates your attention from the very beginning. Yes. Um, okay, so let's just get a little bit into the lyrics. So all <laughs> aboard the bulletin board. Yeah, all aboard the bulletin board with this train and then vocals stutters. Okay. So here's another thing. When I think of bulletin board, the first thing that came to my head is my own personal bulletin board somewhere, you know, like in my room or in an office. And I just looked up the definition of bulletin board. It's like, oh yeah. You know, and, um, that just helps too. It says a surface intended for posting public images, for example, to advertise items wanted for this for sale and to announce events or provide information. I wasn't even thinking of it like that. And that to me, it can be anything, but that makes a little bit more sense of like, all aboard the bulletin board, this public display, this information where everyone packs their things. Exactly. I think of like to do's Mm. you put your to do's on a bulletin board, like your own, like I thinking of a personal board, like all aboard the bulletin board, like all aboard your to do's, your lists, your things, your tasks kind of thing. It's very in lots of ways, like militaristic or Mm -hmm. utilitarian. It's Mm -hmm. very practical. It's very like get in line. We're getting things done. Here comes the assembly line, yep. you know, boop, yep. boop, 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 so all board the bulletin board. And obviously this train reference, which already feels like a chugging along train mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and an announcer and a conductor. And that, listen to that. I didn't even think about that. Like a conveyor, yes. an announcer, a conductor, all aboard, you know, got to announce it. Well, Here it is. I'm come, we're coming we come. along. Uh, the, and then the machine. And so I don't know if we, I mean, I guess I don't want to take for granted that we can deep dive all these words, but. Right. Again, this does feel like cogs in a wheel, a machine, yep. a bit. We're getting placed in, like, the Fleet Foxes have this, like, I mean, people say it's like the line of the aughts, you know, mm-hmm. or it's like, I was raised up believing I was somehow unique, uh, a snowflake distinct among snowflakes, unique in each way you can be. But now after some thinking, I'd say I'd rather be a functioning cog in some great machinery serving something beyond me. Wow, you really knew those lyrics. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think... This is a, the opposite of that in a way. It's right. like, no, I am a machine. I am a cog in a wheel and all aboard and get placed in the cog and the wheel and the machine, you know? Well, and yeah. I don't know if it's ironic or if he's enjoying that. I have a place. I think this is ironic. Yeah. But 
I don't know. I think it's I think it's both sometimes. You might be right. I mean, we are in the gray, so it is both at the same time. It's kind of always throughout. So yeah. that's something to consider. Yeah. Moving on. So this is interesting. Let's see if I can find my little description here. Uh Talk about something while I find this. Um, <laughs> I'm not good I found at it. this. <laughs> that was so fun. Hopefully somebody got some entertainment about that little last 10 seconds. <laughs> all of a sudden you're like interrupting me all the time and you have so many thoughts and all of a sudden an invitation. Say something. Uh, <laughs> only when I'm interrupting. <laughs> only when it's not on the spot. Uh, okay. So this is interesting. I mean, people would probably see the word anamorph mm-hmm. and like, oh, it's a hoity-toity intellectual word. It's like not. Um, And this is interesting because it seems like Moses Sumney would have been around five or six. Mm -hmm. How old were you in 1996? Do you think? I was one year old. Yeah. So he was about three or four. Mm -hmm. This, there was a cartoon and it says the name of the Animorph, Animorph book series by K.A. Applegate. Five teenagers are granted powers to morph or become other animals by a dying alien and delight prince named Elf, Elfgagor. Killed by his enemy Visser Three, an intelligent parasite called Yerk, inhabiting another Adelite's body. Um, the book series encompasses 54 books, four megamorphs, four other books detailing the history of different people, traces mentioned, and several other antomorphs. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so granted powers to morph or become other animals. So I feel like he's taking this fun, playful word, anamorph. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not in the dictionary. Oh, it's just it has to be based off of that. It's, it's like a pop culture said, reference. It I could think. have been morph, but he yeah. says anamorph. I anamorph um, into an organ. Into an organ, a spleen. Uh, so to me, I picture birth. You know, it's like organs. Oh, interesting. You know, were you picking like a, a musical instrument? Well, I think it's both. Yeah. First off, I think it's both. But oh, I, I, I morph into a musical instrument. Right. I morph into this organ, mm. which is like, I think of vitality when I hear mm. organ, mm, mm. like vital needed for life. But then I also get callbacks to the previous song with the imagery of all this meat. Yeah, totally. And I start picturing body and flesh. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah. 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 And I, I just picture the womb and then birth and then becoming a human, really. I think it's so funny because the spleen, is the spleen related to birth? Well, I mean, it's just part of your body. It's just part of yeah, your back. Yeah. I, think it's a, I think it's a vital part of your body and life. And right, right. Is the it's spleen connected an, to your brain. Is the spleen actually an organ? I don't know. <laughs> now we're really out of our own. I got to look that we up. Don't, we don't know anatomy and bodies, everybody. No, uh, I don't But yeah, I mean, I, I picture, you know. Flesh and flesh covering right, now bone. We're and, now getting, is, is the spleen an organ? <laughs> what an interesting question. The spleen is a fist-sized organ in the F, upper left side of your abdomen next to your stomach and behind your left ribs. It's an important part of your new, immune system, but you can survive without it. Okay. I When I picture a spleen, I automatically think of uh, this video game I used to play when I was younger called Mortal Kombat. Do you ever play Mortal Kombat? No. Well, it's a people tiny my organ. age will know... <laughs> In Mortal Kombat, you could do this thing called fatality, where after you killed the person, you could do a special move and like do something really gruesome to them. Mm-hmm. And so one, I forget who it was, but some you could rip out someone's spleen Oof, to end gosh, the fight. Gosh. <laughs> okay, really quickly, it acts as a filter for blood as part of the immune system. Old red blood cells are recycled in the spleen and platelets and white blood cells are stored there. The spleen also fights certain kinds of bacteria that cause pneumonia and meningitis. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I I, I'm just, I'm just, to me, you could sense like if somebody had an unlimited budget, like to just make a massive, like uh, visual of this song, I, I just picture so much quick energy, big building right, right, and right, like right. A, a very profound uh, shot of like skin and bone becoming flesh and becoming a human, but also in a way that almost feels like um, zombie, like, like mm. animated, like, I don't know. This is just yeah, the things no, that are I mean, coming I to my head. Even thinking of zombies, it's like kind yeah. of following orders. Yeah. Like you zombies are like in a zombie state. Yeah. 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 Um, which I might bring up later uh, with the death drive, but um, okay. Ooh, <laughs> with the death drive, death drive. I am the uh, okay, so going on, now we have um, private school boy in uniform. I don't know if that exactly applies to Moses Sumney, but I don't know if he went to private school, but it has its... I mean, it has its connotations already yeah. there of like set-aside group in uniform assembly is the yeah. next word. Like yeah, we're all in line in our uniforms. Yes. Yeah, we're not wearing unique clothes like he likes to wear, obviously. Um, and, you know, there is ways to be. There is society. There's, I, I don't know. The imagery is 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 pretty simple. But what, mm-hmm. what it draws up for me and what it brings to mind is, like, my kids went to a private Christian school in Pasadena. Pas- they did? I didn't realize I just, that. I just, like, got something in my throat. No, Pasadena. Okay. And it was really interesting. Um the way they treated the Pledge of Allegiance in the morning. I was like, I did the Pledge of Allegiance growing up. I don't, I think my kids must have done the Pledge of Allegiance in public schools. I'm not entirely sure, but they did the Pledge of Allegiance. And I guess maybe this was a Pasadena vibe of like, it's all outside because it's always sunny. And so the vibe was like a lot of times parents would linger around and everybody would do before school started the Pledge of Allegiance outside and then school would start. But parents were sort of invited to participate in that. And it was like, Pledge of Allegiance, first of all, which is always just creepy. Right. And then Pledge of Allegiance to the flag and then Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag. Oh, and it, very that's interesting. Really, I was always like, ah. I mean, the, the juxtaposition of me also being in seminary at the time. So I'm like studying Christianity. And, and you're like, what is And I'm this? like, Pledge of Allegiance to the Christian flag. I don't like Pledge of Allegiance to anything. Yeah. I don't want allegiance. But it is like, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, falling in line. Um uniforms, uh, uniformity, doing what you're told, not thinking, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's all there. So I think one thing that's coming to my mind in terms of uniform is like Moses Sumney obviously has a really unique, cool style. And he also kind of has a uniform of sorts. He wears all black mm-hmm, always. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that's kind of his uniform of sorts. Yeah, absolutely. Which is kind of cool. I mean, I right. think a lot of artists have some sort of a uniform and mm-hmm. that's really compelling. Um, so I will assume form Mm. now I want to pause there because this is really interesting. Watched a live version of this performance Mm -hmm. as the cameras coming across his face he very much waves with a huge smile to the screen and says, I will assume form. 
Oh, interesting. And I read some comments. This is the only place I could actually find some content and commentary on any of these songs. And somebody, three things in that got a lot of likes and agreements was love that at the one minute mark, when he says assume form, he waves and pays tribute to James Blake. And oh. I was like, I don't know anything about this. And he's like, he's apparently obviously a fan of James Blake. So I, I'll play this in the, um, out in the episode, but I might as well play it for you here. No, I want to hear it. So here we go. I don't know if we'll listen to the whole thing, but we're, we're, ha- we're having fun, everybody. This is the, you're beautiful. No, no, that is a different Blake. It's a different? I forget who, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> James Blake is actually in the realm of Moses Sumney. So, same vibes. And I'm, I would imagine being some sort of uh, inspiration in some way. I mean, just with the idea that uh, it seems that James Blake would be an influence for Moses oh, Sumney. That makes that immediately makes sense right there. Yeah, totally. And I mean, that the first like lines of that song were very in similar thematics. Yep. Yeah, and so I will assume form. I guess listening to this James Blake clip and thinking about the album or the song and like what it brings up to me is, I think there are two channels for me, and I and I someday I think you and I both have this like like fantasy of maybe Moses somebody listens to these podcasts. So I, I don't want to listen. I got to get out of the insecurity of like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Like Moses somebody listening to us. Right. <laughs> like, uh, this, I, I can get myself into two different channels here. I can yeah. get myself into sort of this horrific zombie, like falling in line. Uh, but, but I also think assume form I'm becoming who I am. I, I am a, I'm a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. I'm a cocoon and I'm breaking out and I'm becoming me. Right. Well, and it seems like there's almost this back and forth, this like all aboard the bulletin board, the machine there, but then it's like I anamorph into an organ, a spleen. And it's like, I become what I want. And then it's like private school uniform assembly there. And then it's, I will assume for 
join the workforce, the colony. It's like, yeah. I will assume form and I will anamorph seem like in the midst of this, this coming into your own. Yeah. And like, um, I mean, I guess I like that. I just said accidentally almost like butterfly and caterpillar, like just bugs in general and joining the colony. But, uh, I think when we know, when we reference the art life, like when I've listened to people like, or Greg, who we've talked about on this podcast, mm-hmm. talk to mm-hmm. and Tom Sachs and David Lynch to them, there really is a rep- repetitive blue collar work ethic of like, mm-hmm. I wake up, I, mm-hmm. w- I put on my workman's Tom Sachs is like, this is what I wear to do my art. You know, like, right. There is a very specific, I mean, also us doing things like morning pages. It's like part of the artist's life isn't like necessarily Oh, whatever. And not having this sense of rhythm and steadiness mm-hmm. and doing your due diligence for mm-hmm. your arts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it does seem like it is sort of a routine and a commitment and a, hmm. and, and I'm a messenger. I'm a conveyor. You yeah. Know? This like, is interesting. I, I, I feel like I never have thought of it this way. Cause I'm just <laughs> like, this is just like, F we're, the all machine. we're all slaves <laughs> to the systems, which I think is like obviously a very dominant yeah. take from this, but I do feel like we're playing with the gray. So mm-hmm. there's going to be many takes on this. Mm-hmm. Um, chugging along here, chugging along j- j- trains. <laughs> Mesa singing. <laughs> Um, we go to next. So join the workforce and the colony and obviously some really profound images here of just the workforce, your briefcase, your suit going to work or whatever it is that you wear to work. Um, capitalism, mm-hmm. nine to five, mm-hmm. you know, uh, maybe lack of freedom, maybe yeah. lack of creativity. Yeah. And I, again, I'm sensing with these references to bugs, even again later, like sort of almost a mindlessness to it. It's like, this is what I programmed to do. I woke up, my, my body is telling me, sociologically to join this workforce, to jump into society, to do what I'm told to, you know, make sure I'm safe and provided for. And, um, the colony, I just like, great. It's like, yeah, whatever that is a beehive, a ant hive, ant hill. I don't know anything about (laughs) bugs and stuff, but yeah, I think those are. Well, and I think that there's also this interesting thing of like the colony and the themes that emerge a lot in here of Moses 70s, like, for lack of a better word, like locatedness. Mm-hmm. And like, I mean, thinking of Taya Selassie, who's all throughout this of like being multi-local and Moses being in talking a lot about being an immigrant son mm-hmm. on here. And so being a part of the colony yeah. of America being the son. And then I just feel like it's, that's tied up in there too. Like that totally. piece Good. of Ooh, I his love identification. That. Absolutely. Like join the workforce, the colony. It's like, whose colony am I joining it? It's like, uh, see, this is so fun. <laughs> yeah. I, I hadn't thought about that at all. Uh, yeah. Good point. The colony I'm, I'm going over to America. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I'm letting myself be colonized. Right. Right. Exactly. Well, yeah. I think there's this interesting thing too, of like Moses, somebody moving to LA, almost like joining the colony of mm. like musicians in the LA life and mm. that, and then moving away from that. Here we are in this thing of like join the colony and then pulling back. Bum, 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 bum. We're just going <laughs> to, we're in our own heads about this. Okay. <laughs> and now it has come to the moment that we keep trying to reference with our voices. <laughs> conveyor, conveyor for you. Mm-hmm. 
So again, lots of double meanings. I think conveyor for you meaning I'm your I'm I'm your employee. Um, on I, the conveyor belt, yeah. or I'm a messenger mm-hmm. for you, you know, conveyor for you. And I just wrote down the things that come up to me. Like it can seem like a lament, like I'm a, I'm a worker. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. this is my life. Mm-hmm. I, there's no other, there's no way out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, conveyor for you. I think of submission, mm-hmm. like fine mm-hmm. conveyor for you, like announcement that, yeah, I will do this. Mm-hmm. I will join the workforce. Um, but I did say, so I said pleasure and ecstasy. Hmm. Like we're kind of back into that thing of like last week, which I inserted also all these like sexual allusions to these things inserted. But uh, <laughs> um, that opening of viral could sound like an orgasm and then cut me. There's sort of this masochistic pleasure. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whatever is happening here does also seem slightly sensual. Right, I mean, his voice the, always sounds a little sensual. No, his so. voice does, and it does feel like it kind of cuts this here. It, like it gets into this like, falsetto Mm -hmm. and gets very like pleading or a little bit more like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, we said last week release. It also kind of sounds a bit of like a release. Right, 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 right. There's something like a little breathier about this. Like the whole thing stops. Yeah. play you this little clip from Anthony Fantano just for, cause I, this is the thing, like I said, like I have, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I, I like reviews because I don't threaten me. I, I, sometimes I agree. Sometimes I don't, I don't agree, but I'm not angry about not agreeing. I like that people have their opinions. Um, but I think he, Anthony Fantano sort of addresses this thing that I like here. I think he says in his own words that like the out, this song is herky jerky that, that like right. right when you're about to feel like you're lifting off, like it's building momentum. It, it stops and, and it's like frustrating. It's meant to be that well, way. I think yeah. it's absolutely meant to be that way. And I like it mm-hmm. personally. I like it. I'm not, I'm, I'm not forcing myself to like it. Um, but I, <laughs> but I, this is again, like sort of, a as we're mining for Moses, Sumney content, I think someday, there's a two or three podcasts that have some really great sound bites with him because there's so little interviews with him on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I think we could engage with those a little bit, maybe for an evening, whether we want to do it by weaving it into a song or we can just engage with some of the podcast, the podcast. material. That would be interesting. Yeah. So here's Anthony. This is one of the rare things where people are actually engaging with Anthony. I mean, uh, most most stuttering synthesizers or vocal samples. I can't quite tell what they are combined with just the blown out, heavily compressed drums and uh, bright, plucky chords soaked in reverb. It's all uh, pretty abrasive and not really in a visceral way. The pacing of the track is really odd as it never really settles into one single groove for too long. It's like the track is constantly building and setting up for a drop or some kind of tension release that never really happens. While sure, I do have issues with this track, I still find a lot of ideas locked within it 
pretty intriguing, but I think those ideas lose all appeal as we transition into the following track boxes, which is really an extension slash interlude of Conveyor, with a glitchy spoken word passage that feels like a futuristic take on uh, something Laurie Anderson would have done back in the day. And even though I do like the insightful commentary this track and many other interludes here bring on gender identity and, and race, I'm not really liking the claustrophobic batch of sounds that make it up. I'm just not into the aesthetics of it. I could not disagree more. A claustrophobic batch of sounds. Like, I do like the claustrophobic batch of sounds. Well, and I think he literally just said this. It never, that song, Conveyor, never really settles. And it's like, yeah, I think that's the point, is Moses Sony never really settles on the conveyor belt. And you also said... That it it that the James Blake song we just listened to felt the same way like three or four songs. It in felt one. like multiple songs. Yeah, in one. it's like yes. it always transitions into yes. something else, and yes. that's cool. I mean, everybody can like and not like something. So again, no 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 shade to Anthony Fantano, but like, I think strangely, I thought it was an interesting clip to play because his, the the way he describes why he doesn't like is, it is why wild. I like it. Yeah. Right? No, exactly. <laughs> that's so really funny. I mean, obviously, like I think he was pointing out like everything stops right here. Conveyor, mm-hmm. it's like building, 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 and then oh. We're stopped. Yeah. And we're just in this space. Yeah. You know, um, which is really um, compelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we go right back to the... It <laughs> picks up again. The train starts up again. You know, I mean, the energy starts back up. The mm-hmm. train starts back up. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, it, it isn't, you know, you could, you could approach a song and be like, this is pretty straightforward. No, this song is, this is relatively <laughs> straightforward, but again, it's couched. It's fun to deep dive. It's couched here. Well, and it's also like, that's the fun thing of like, no songs really are that yeah. straightforward when you start to right. unpack them, you know, which is super cool. So, um, the fire ants die for a chance at the queen, the carpenter bees. Oh, the carpenter bee dies when he finally stings. So I think this is you know, obviously a, a reference to the way that we are programmed for something instinctual energies and drives. Mm-hmm. And that just brought up the death drive for me. I know. I think like that's really interesting. That would bring up the death drive. So and I, it totally makes sense to me. <laughs> so I, they, this is a, this is a, a, a reference or like a, it, I, I didn't do Wikipedia this time. This is from Oxford reference on what is the death drive. If you want to, if you want to add to this, please feel free. Um, but I, I've 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 engaged with the death drive. It sounds like a very complicated concept that many Freudian types have a lot to say about it. So this will just give us a. It'll be interesting for you and me to have a quick little discussion about this. Yes. The tendency inherent in all organic things, and that's why I thought like these bugs and we're, we're like these mm-hmm, bugs, and that's mm-hmm. obviously what happened in Vero. We're pieces of meat. We're mm-hmm, mm-hmm. organic. Well, and he ended the video of Vero with him being eaten by these bugs. bugs. Here it comes. And then right into conveyor. The tendency inherent in all organic things to return to an inorganic state. The concept is part of a dualism developed late in Sigmund Freud's career consisting of two forces, the life drive and the death drive, also known as Eros and Thanatos, Mm -hmm. after the Greek gods for love and death, respectively, which exists in a state of equilibrium. For this reason, Freud sometimes referred to it as the Nirvana principle. According to Freud, the death drive manifests in the psyche as a tendency towards self-destruction or more precisely, the elimination of tension. Okay. So stop right, right there. Which Great. That right there is so interesting. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah, we can deep dive all this. Uh, now we're gonna now. Oh, let's get rid of the the lyrics for for conveyor and just talk about this. <laughs> no, <laughs> but I mean the release of tension being in the getting on this conveyor. It's like conveyor for anymore. you. Like exactly, I don't have to think anymore. But are you really getting the release of tension? Mm-hmm. It's this thing that actually leads you to your death, but you're perceivably releasing releasing your exactly. tension. That's exactly but you aren't it. actually. Yep. Which can also be turned outwards, whereby it becomes aggression. The idea of the death drive originates to some degree with the concept of the compulsion to repeat, which refers to behaviors which cannot be explained by the concept of the pleasure principle. For example, it does not give us pleasure. This is going to be funny for you to dwell on a humiliating incident. And yet very often we cannot seem to get it out of our minds. (laughs) This is going to be interesting (laughs) for you. We keep going over and over it. Uh, this being this being so so Freud reason there must be another drive at work besides Eros. Similarly, Freud could not conceive that ambivalence or aggression or melancholia could be derived from the pleasure principle either. The death drive is a highly contested concept in psychoanalysis, and there is no agreement as to its coherence or cogency. Jacques Lacan maintains yeah, I was say, the Lacan's con- got totally different thoughts. <laughs> the concept of the death drive with his own schematization of the drive. <laughs> Uh, but renders it part of every drive, thus undoing Freud's dualistic conception of it. Um, another guy named Gilles Dulias rejects it out of hand as ridiculous, while mm-hmm. your boy, Slavo Zizek, <laughs> shows in countless works that it is a very useful concept for thinking through many of the inanities of consumer society. The death drive, which Zizek visualizes as a kind of zombie drive. Which feels just like mm-hmm. this right here being talked about. Yes. Is used to explain the empty satisfaction of consumerism, the fact that no matter how much we buy, it never extinguishes the urge to buy more. I think of it as like mindlessness. I think mean, zombie seems right. Like these bugs, these animals, these bees, these colonies, these ants. <clears throat> you know, well, and I think there's this interesting thing that's being here is the fire ants die for a chance at the queen. The carpenter dies when he finally leaves a sting. It's like both of those things are very interesting. We've got power mm-hmm. in getting a chance at the queen. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you'll die for power and then you'll die for pain. Mm-hmm. Like you'll die for like, and it's very interesting thinking of a song like cut me being yep two songs ahead of this, yes. you know, like this drive towards it. And yet the, the death in it, this, the complication of that. The There's so much. There's so much. There's so much. <laughs> uh, oh, my favorite line is coming up. Sorry, we can keep talking about <laughs> Okay, leaves a sting. Let's just get right into it. Is this yours to be a vein running through your vein body? I love that line so much. That's a good line. It's almost like a rapper. I, I feel like that sounds like a, a bar, Too, as the rappers I, I would can't say. I sing it, but like the way it is, is yeah. so good. And I'm like, oh, right there. To be a vein running through your vein body. Like, I, I just feel like the tension right there is so much like there's something so primal, animal, bodies, vein, mm-hmm. vital, this, this, this piece of a larger puzzle. And then also we throw on top of that, our vanity, you know, like the, the, ah, the human, this, it's almost like the silliness of vanity and also like the opposite of silliness of vanity, the, like the reality of vanity. Yes. 
And here we go with more um, Kanye thoughts. But like, you know, I was watching this interview with him recently and he was like, uh, every time he speaks, whether you like it or not, he's like changing the algorithm. That's how he thinks of it as an artist. Like he's like, I've shifted the algorithm. And it's like, that seems similar to me. It's like, there's, there's this idea of um, we're all part of this hive and we're all part of this human race with blood and stuff. But like, there's, I feel like there's also something similar of the artist. And he's kind of saying almost like Shakespearean, oh, to be a vein running through your vein by like a desire. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I feel like the way I'm hearing it too, in many ways, not just one interpretation, obviously, is like, I want to be in your, I want my stuff to be in your vein and your body. I want, mm-hmm, I want my art mm-hmm, to impact mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. and to, to infiltrate inside you. of you. Yeah. Totally. Totally. I'm a messenger. Yeah. You know, convey, convey yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will step on a belt, put my life on a shelf, one of many. And so again, you know, please interject, but I think it's, it's two lanes. It's like one is I'm submitting to the mediocrity, the mon- the mundane, the normal, the uniformity. I'm on the conveyor belt. I'm one of many, but also I will step on a belt, put my life on a shelf is like, I'm also an artist. I'm on a shelf. You can come see me. Mm-hmm. I'm on, I'm on stage. I'm performing. I'm, I'm submitting to, I mean, think about what he did with his body. It's like, right. I am disciplining my life to become a musician and an artist. And I am putting my life on display for you. Like, I just think, well, like, I know. And it's interesting because his body literally in the previous song. And then, and this is just the music video is just his body mm-hmm. there. And it's like, yeah, like literally chiseling his body into something. Like yeah. here it, it's, he's like doing the experiment right? of like, let me step on the conveyor belt, but also, also not, it's this, it's again, it's this double, this song, especially I feel like is highlighting the dualism that he's I playing didn't, with. I didn't even feel the dualism as much until we started talking about it. Tonight. I know. I mean, neither, not yeah. at all. Well, and then the next line is one of many, which I think is like, okay, one of many, you could look at it Artists? as like one of many, like, oh, we're all just here. We're all the masses. I'm mm-hmm. one of many all going in the same direction. But then we can think about this huge theme that continues to emerge in this album of multiplicity. Yeah. One of many. Like there's, that's one piece of the many parts of me. So like one piece of B steps on the conveyor belt, but there's many parts of yeah, I love this. <laughs> They're having so much fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that we do i like the way we do it i do feel like it's a fun thing to do in a no small thing way like Mm -hmm. we have 
a way of doing this. It's really fun for me. So, um, you know, obviously conveyor for you, it's like the end here. And I don't want to, we've already spent some time on that. And I think we're wanting to wrap up. I'm wanting to wrap up. I would like to wrap up my section now, Yes. but, um, conveyor for you, uh, four times said in that, in that, do you want to say anything about the final? Well, I want to say something about the music video. Well, that's what I was going to get okay, into. Okay, good. Yeah, good, like good, a, good, a good. final little thought to, yeah. to round this out. Yeah. First of all, there's many live performances, everybody, that I very highly encourage you to Google. For this episode, I will probably put the audio from one of the live versions that I love at the cool. end of this so you can get that experience. Yes. And I would say sit that. with that because it's good. But um, it's, good. <laughs> it, it's strangely a live version is so much bigger and mm. You're like, whoa, this is way bigger. This is like rock concert level shit here. I'm really curious <laughs> if it's on Black Alicia. It is. Oh, I'm I've already excited. I've already skimmed through it. I haven't watched it. Who's gone? Skimmed through it. <laughs> well, actually, I'll tell you what. I did watch th- this performance because I thought it was necessary for my research. <laughs> Boxes isn't on it. I was I was considering. Is he, it in? He, he doesn't. Con- is he it doesn't. in conveyor? He. he he d- he does it. He does the spoken word. Oh he, really? He says it. Oh, that's so interesting. His, on YouTube, it wasn't mics. there. We oh, are, I'm excited. Mm, okay, okay, mm, okay, okay. Mm, wow, I can't wait. I'm like, <laughs> he doesn't wait finish to- it though. He does half of it. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure you have thoughts about the video, but like, I I I, I wrote down some notes in the video. Like it it's obviously it's in this grainy style mm-hmm. that is for the lowercase portions of this album. Right. It is not just grainy, but it seems to be a red little. Spotlight flashlight on him. Yeah. And so I I wrote just these random thoughts. Running in place with a red light. Looks like he's on a conveyor belt. So Mm -hmm. he's made it look like with his body that he's on a conveyor belt. Um, But for me personally, and I think he did this intentionally in terms of the modern world, it looks like he's also a character in a video game. Like Mario Brothers, like when you're moving along the thing, it's like he's just being played like a video game. He's on a conveyor belt. He's Mm -hmm. being controlled. He doesn't look like he has a lot of freedom or sentience. No, no, no. He or, just looks like a little bean. Mm-hmm. And, and it, I think, I think part of his genius too is like all that you can convey. <laughs> My throat keeps catching oh, all no. that you can. can <laughs> you need some water. <clears throat> I don't think so. All that you can convey. Cause obviously they do videos with big budgets and great shots and, oh, and 4k sure. style, sure. but this is very grainy and simple. And it's like also maybe even more profound than virile. Mm-hmm. and it's mysterious. And honestly, I just say a throwback also for myself to somebody I do know that has influenced them, which is Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the song and the video for, oh gosh, what is it? Uh, Karma Police. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that video? Mm-hmm. You would love that. I, it would give you chills. I want to show it to you after this. Because okay. um, it, it, that, that to me, when I saw the video for Karma Police, it made me a fan of videos. Like I was already a fan of videos because of like Michael Jackson and stuff. Right. But when I saw Karma Police, I was like, I've never seen anything like this. It is a video that is just so captivating and compelling and mysterious. And this feels similarly. It's mm-hmm. like I'm watching something here that I don't quite know what I'm watching. Yeah. And it's, and it's uh, this... If it's intimate, mm-hmm. it's, it's a little unnerving. I'm like, mm-hmm. what am I watching here? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I said, uh, wearing something like coveralls mm-hmm. and makes him look like a worker. Totally. Totally. So it looks like he's, uh, works in a gas station or something right. like that. No, exactly. You know, like an everyday worker. 
Um, but then he's wearing shorts at one point. Well, I said after the, after the first conveyor for you, Mm -hmm. he comes back and he's just in spandex shorts and topless. And so Mm -hmm. I said, second half shirt off looks more primal or reminiscent of virile. And so now Mm -hmm. I all of a sudden it feels like it's getting into that spirit of the animals and the bugs. And I'm just one with my body. And and here I am Mm -hmm. presenting to you. Yeah. And there's also a lot of running in place. And then I feel like at the end, here's my interpretation. Tell me. Interpretation. The end, really gets, the end is the juicy Bleeding part. in the boxes. Yeah. So totally. I, won't, I won't bleed anything into boxes. This is before Fair. boxes. But he's now just sitting there. Mm-hmm. And it looks voyeuristic. It looks like he doesn't know we're watching him. Mm-hmm. And this is why I think this video is genius. Because then I don't really quite know what's happening. But it makes you feel something. So mm-hmm. congratulations to the people that make us feel something. But um, it zooms in and it zooms in and zooms in. It's like this person who's... Breathing working and, and breathing and all of a sudden he just looks right at you and mm-hmm. you're like, I, I'm getting teary. I just thinking about, it. I'm like, what is happening? Why is this impacting so me so much? Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what that is. Is it like, I guess even if I'm just paying attention to the things that come up for me without even watching the video right now, I'm like, all of a sudden it's like, is he all of a sudden alive? Like he's been a video game. He's been a character. He's been a worker, but, and you're just watching him. He's like, no, no. I'm alive. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm awake. Mm-hmm. I know what's going on. I know you're watching me. So go ahead. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. but I'm a performer and I'm in on this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, whatever it is, it's no, big. it feels, and I feel like even thinking of the word of conveyor for you, it's like almost like looks at you. And then because the following thing is boxes, which is just a little bit more of like an explicit critique of sorts. It's like, look at me now. Yes. Like here I am. You could be on this thing and then watch, look at me with my, eyes that are going to make you can't look away yes you cannot look away it's like now look at me and here we go you know man when we started doing this i was like oh we're not gonna have enough content for a whole episode it's like these are getting really long we do we definitely do dang all right well that's conveyor okay thanks for listening to my presentation we'll take a break coming to my tip talk (laughs) (laughs) and come back for boxes we're gonna take a break and come back for boxes everybody stick around it's mace time i'll do it right now Welcome back to back. the podcast. We are back. Where Time we for some talk about music. Deep stuff. <laughs> some some deep stuff here. Um, okay. Mace is sleepy. <laughs> I'm sleepy, but I'm I'm waking up. <laughs> we don't do this podcast in the morning with coffee. We do it in the evening, often with alcoholic drinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, mm-hmm. but I think I'm just sleepy from lack of sleep. Um, I have. Tequila and wine. <laughs> <laughs> I just have wine and I've had a quarter of a can. A can and I I don't feel it yet. Last week Don't judge us for drinking canned wine. We can do, do it every judge month. That? I think wine a wine snob would drink someone for drinking canned wine. Yeah, go ahead. Go, go, go ahead, ahead and judge. Go ahead and judge us. Um, we watched How to with John Wilson and we now know how to <laughs> <laughs> judge what good wine is. <laughs> this has a very smoky yeah, we, flavor to it. What's the... Am what I, it, do, you, do you get smoky hints from I do, this? I do. Yeah. Uh, it's a smoky Pinot Noir. 
<laughs> Wait, but what? It's Bang Energy Drink. Bang That's energy how it culminates. I saw a Bang Energy Drink, and I was like at a grocery store, and I was like, "There's Bang." There is. Oh, I have there it is. Some we know that guy. Exactly. <laughs> okay, sorry, everyone. Boxes. Welcome. Welcome back to this podcast. Okay, so um, it's true that I tend to like the songs that are these little audio clip songs. I wouldn't choose those right, for myself. I 100% would. And I will say Boxes and the song Also, Also, And, And, And were the two songs. So someone, I, I started listening to Grey about mm-hmm. last December. Mm-hmm. And I Ooh, think... very nostalgic. It, no, very nostalgic. The, I, like, I think I said this last week, this weather feels like... It was December through February. I listened to Grey a lot. Mm. And I, it was just kind of like in the background. And then as you're listening into the background, songs start to emerge. Yep. You know, yep. like, oh, this song. Here's Ooh, this again. This Boxes. Song. Boxes. And Boxes was one of those songs that quickly emerged. Mm-hmm. I have a painting behind me right now. This one right here. Oh, yeah. That you can see. The word towards boxes, the top. binaries. Boxes, binaries, roles, I think expectations. So I, I made this painting. and it, You heal you. That was that was part of this painting. But I made this painting while listening to Grey. Mm. Like the, Grey is the soundtrack mm. to that painting. Mm. And it's very interesting that the first word that you can read on this painting is boxes. Wow, true. It, that is interesting. <laughs> towards the top left. I'm like, boxes was on my mind as I was making this painting, yeah. which essentially is a painting where I wrote all these words of like boxes, expectations, things. And then I wrote layers of words on top of it that was like defying that. Things that are actually how I would define myself. You gotta post myself. this stuff on our Instagram. Right? We should post that picture. I can, I, I'll post this. Um, Maybe in our stories because our Instagram feed looks so. Fresh well, I think what you can do right is now. you can still post a picture of Moses and say and swipe, swipe, and then it'll be that. Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea because I'm like our page looks really beautiful right now, and I like this that. <laughs> okay, so this song is very interesting because we just finished Conveyor, and the music video is actually Conveyor slash Boxes. Like they aren't two separate videos. Mm-hmm. It's we get directly from this cut of Moses like staring you down at the end of Conveyor, like we talked about before, to another other small screen of sorts. It's like a smaller screen, but now the lighting is like yellowish white. Yeah. And this is all in the style of like a VHS recorder. Exactly. It's all in that style. And so now we've entered into what is, I think people often call this like an outro to conveyor. Right. right. And I think it kind of separate track. It's a separate track, but it is kind of an outro to conveyor and also almost like end scene act one. I feel like of, of this album. Yes. Thank you for saying that. It feels like it's like, okay. And then you have this and then it drops into the next song is like a very slow, like, like, Oh, right. uh, Yeah. There you go. And it's like, so this ends kind of like with a bang of like a definition. It's like, this feels thesis, which all of the lower boxes. Yes. All the lowercase ones feel like they're thesis statements on the themes. It's like, don't forget the themes. Everything can be understood Mm -hmm. through these themes. Mm -hmm. So back to what I said about insula, these lowercase ones are a very interesting thing where they're essentially audio clips of other people. So Moses his words and lyrics and voice aren't the voices of these lowercase songs. Right, right. So on this one, we have four specific voices. Oh, it, I just I just assumed it was one person. No, it's four people. Wow. So and they're all really cut clips. And people often describe this one as having a Bonavere style. Right. This right, song. Right. Um, but it's like 
all these different voices are overlaid and I don't know what you do technology wise, but you, it's all morphed, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, you guys, we're, we're not, we're, everybody's a musician. Everyone's an artist. It's true. But we don't know all the technical terms for what people are doing with voices and recording instruments. So if there's music snobs listening to this being like, Morphed is a great word. I'm sure there's some, there's some distorted. Distorted. Is a that's yeah, the that's yeah. the word. Distorted. Yeah. <laughs> the voices are distorted. Exactly. Um, uh, so, so he, this is Hidden meanings. This Hidden uh, meanings. what is this? Uh, Albinism <laughs> described it as the segue into boxes offers a chance for an illustrious cast to offer words of wisdom Ooh, over the sublime cast. atmospherics. Yes. Words of wisdom that sum up the challenges that Moses Sumney confronts as a black man, the son of an immigrant in an increasingly hostile environment. Mm, yes. Thank you. So this, so the people I'll, I'll go line by line and with each line I'll, I'll, as each person gets introduced, I'll talk about that person. Oh, I'm so excited all of a sudden because I didn't know it was different. Yeah. Line by line, I just get to sit back. And I'm, I'm I'm here for the presentation. Um, so we've already so two of the people we've already discussed. So the first person is Taya Selassie, mm-hmm. who I think Taya Selassie and Aisha Fanes are both in this song, and I I don't think they're in every single lowercase song, but they're in the most. In the most, those two kind of take the dominant mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think feels very much in line with the themes of multiplicity that Moses Sumney is playing with. So Moses Sumney in this album is discussing grayness and the different ways people are. Again, I think Ty Selassie's idea of multi-local yeah. feels incredibly tied up in this idea of grayness. That it's not where are you from, it's how, how are you, what places are you local to? Yes. You're local to many places. You have meaning and story in many places. Yes. Um, so Taya Selassie is the first one to say, we have no place we can claim without contention. So that comes <laughs> in that, in the way without contention, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. which I think feels, I guess I'll, put, I'll, I'll put it, I'll put the clips in yeah, there. We'll episode. put the clips in here, which I feel, feel that feels really interesting. Cause so Moses Sumney is also there. There's so many layers that Moses is unpacking. And I think that boxes is, literally naming so many of these layers it's gender gets brought up but i think also this i this notion of immigration and place and location is a huge piece here and taya selassie is has many talks actually online speaking directly about immigration Hmm. and so there's this linkage in terms of their own stories that i think is happening here and this idea of we have no place we can claim without contention like where is there a place where I can belong that there isn't contention for my belonging? There is no place. There's no place for me. And yet at the same time, back to this like double standard thing, there's almost this thing of Taya Selassie saying, I'm multilocal. I belong where I am. It's like also by claiming a place, I have the place. It is is my place. place. It's, it's mine to own. Mm -hmm. It's my story to have. Love that. We have no place that we can claim without contention. So that's the first line by Tay Selassie. And then the next line is, we are constructing a whole new edifices of boxes to put people in. And this comes from Michael Chabon. Mm. Do you know who that is? He's an author. He writes novels. Yes. Yeah. He's an author who writes novels. I asked Reuven. I was like, Reuven, do you know him? Because I, I had looked I'm him sure up you know. and Reuven was like, oh yeah, a Jewish author. I would say Sham. I always say Chambon. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Chabon. 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 
Um, so he's an author and I, I don't know his work, but he's like won a ton of prizes. But no, he's, he's genius. I mean, he, he does a lot of greatly great stuff with pop culture, which is really cool. Yeah. Well, and that's, comic that's books interesting. And yeah, no, exactly. Comic yeah. books. And this says here that he talks a lot, like he often has characters who are gay, bisexual and Jewish mm-hmm. characters in mm-hmm. his work. Mm-hmm. And so I think that this is where I find this song to be really interesting because so I have so many thoughts here. This is it. This is the place for the thoughts. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> I, I, we have, we are constructing a whole new edifice of boxes to put people in. And that is an interesting line right there because it's, we're constructing a whole new edifice of boxes new. Mm -hmm. So there's something about like, there's new fresh boxes to put people in and non-binary. Right. And I think that there is an interesting place we are at in terms of language and construction Mm -hmm. of language and construction of identity that is in the air right now of we have a significant burst of terms to mm-hmm. describe people. We're describing people in terms of like, even just looking at something like the A spectrum, there's yeah. 20 plus categories. Yeah, that alone <laughs> has so many categories, queerness, so many categories, mm-hmm. multi-local, so many categories. Yep. Like you could, you could have someone say like Moses, somebody could describe himself in these kinds of boxes. And it's like this way of, it's like an expansiveness of like, look at all these boxes that you're defining. Mm-hmm. So there's like a positivity almost in this line of like, we have all these new categories and boxes to put people in these labels and identification give us something. We are constructing a whole new edifice of boxes to put people in. And then the next line, to protect the space inside which you can exist, comes from Ezra Miller. Ooh, didn't know. This is thrilling. (laughs) (laughs) Who, Ezra Miller, is an actor Mm -hmm. and is someone who has kind of specifically been caught in the media and discussed in the media in a way that is very interesting around their gender and their sexuality Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to the point at which they said, I actually, there's this really great line that they have around their queerness. Miller came out as queer in 2012, but said in 2020 that they do not use the label queer Mm. in 2018. They said queer just means no, I don't do that. I don't identify as a man. I don't identify as a woman. I barely identify as a human. So there it is. So this line from Ezra Miller is really interesting. Thank you to your boxes. Right. So it's like, we're constructing a whole new edifice of boxes to put people in to protect a space inside which you can exist. And it's this very interesting tension. That's like protect a space inside. It's like, okay, you create this box, you create this label, you create this identity. And that, that does actually give you some kind of protection. It gives Mm -hmm. you something that's like, here's what I am. This label is helpful. I find meaning in it. You find meaning. in it. I might find belonging in it. And yet it's coming from Ezra Miller who kind of will see it. It's almost like a journey here. Protect the space inside which you can exist. So yeah. the next line is, from Tyus Selassie. So we're back to Tyus Selassie. Very, very concerned, concerned <laughs> about giving names, giving names, giving names, giving names. Giving names. So it's like, okay, to, we've defined, we're constructing these boxes to put people, people in to protect a space inside which you can exist. And then 
very concerned mm-hmm. about giving these names. Giving so good. Names. We're in the gray, everybody. We're in the gray. <laughs> we are in the gray. Very concerned about giving names, giving names. And then I, know, I could just picture somebody coming in who doesn't have time for all this and being like, wait, 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 bottom line it for me. Are boxes good or bad? Come on. Simply will not. Simply will it's not. It's got to be one Which, or the other. I actually have thoughts on gray. I'll jump in with these thoughts on gray real okay. quick right now, actually. Um, Jumping in to your own hopscotch game. <laughs> Can I get in? Uh, Mesa's over here. Mesa's over here. Mesa's jumping in. I have a, I have a quote. <laughs> I should have highlighted it. Let me find it. <laughs> I have nothing to say while we Yeah, wait. say something while I'm doing this. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I think like this Ezra Miller stuff, I think also weaving in different genders and different folks into this makes it even better. Like I was thinking, I think I was thinking this was all Thaisa Lassie. Yeah. So the, so the fact that it's a multitude of different voices and experiences makes it even more right. compelling again. I'm like, dang. Oh my gosh. I'm going to find this. I promise. Oh, here we go. This comes from stereogum.com. It's an article. Valid. Um, A valid source. On Moses (laughs) Sumney. A valid source. Stereogum. The concept is right there in the title. A color that symbolizes the absence of absolutes. It's self-blurred into two spellings. Neither gray, G-R-A-Y. Right. Or gray, G-R-E-Y. But some undefined essence in between. On the interlude boxes, Selassie overtly rejects all those labels people have attempted to slap on Sumney. The most significant thing that any person can do, but especially black women and men, is to think about who gave them their, we'll get to this, but gave them their definitions and rewrite them for themselves. So this is something that's really interesting too of the the narrative of Moses Sumney and how people have tried to define Moses Sumney. And especially after a romanticism where everyone kept describing it as R and B. And he specifically went out in an interview and said, just because I'm black does not mean the music I'm making is R and B and you can't label it as that way. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I want people to be able to see your face when I invoke Kanye. It's very like, (laughs) go ahead, go ahead, go ahead and do it. But like, (laughs) yeah. Um, I mean, I I mean, I've heard many interviews where Moses talks about Kanye, so I think it's fair. Uh, (laughs) But Kanye said, when you call me a rapper, it's the same as using the N word. Like I'm, I'm so much more than a rapper. So much more than these things. Yeah, And it's like when Brene Brown recently just said, I'm not a self-help expert. I'm a social scientist. Yeah. You know, so it's like, yeah, it's, it seems similar. It's like the R and B artist. It's like the R and B artist. Like, I mean, Tyler Creator has a Grammy speech where he won his Grammy and they're like, how do you feel about winning this? And he's like, oh, well, I won it for the urban category. And he said the same thing. I feel like you you might as well just called me the N-word. Like, right. it's your way to get away with saying that, essentially. Like, I'm not urban. Right. I, I, I made this album. It sounds just like the other albums that were nominated for best album. So so why is this category yeah. labeled over? Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's exactly it. So it's there's there's this interesting thing where it's almost like this song is specifically coming at the reviews of a romanticism and mm-hmm. how Moses somebody has previously been labeled there mm-hmm. as well. Um, so very concerned, very concerned. That's, that's just a clear moment. <laughs> no, it very really is. Concerned. It really cuts it. And it's so fascinating because it's 
we have no place to claim without contention, Taya Selassie. And then Michael Chabon, we are constructing a whole new edifice of boxes to put people in. Mm-hmm. It's almost a different message. Yeah. It's like, it's, it's fascinating. And it's, again, we're playing with attentions to protect it's, it's, the space. It's, again, one time hopeful. Like, isn't this cool? We're creating boxes. And it's like, uh-oh, we're doing it again. Right. Can't help it. We always love boxes. Right. So we get Ezra Miller saying to protect the space inside which you can exist. And then the very concerned. And then it's back to Ezra Miller who says oh. dissatisfaction seems like the natural byproduct of identification. It's because of the voices. I thought this was all the same person. Right. The natural byproduct of edification. So, <laughs> so it's this interesting thing Hidden where... Hidden meanings. Hidden meanings. <laughs> <laughs> we, need, we need distortions on our microphones. We need to be able to do it. <laughs> that is really good right there. You just did. So there's this interesting thing where Ezra Miller was the one that says to protect the space inside which you can exist. So mm-hmm. these byproducts, these these boxes, not byproducts, these boxes, By- these identifications products. are protective. And then they go on to say disfaz dissatisfaction seems like the natural byproduct of identification and a provocative I cannot, one. I feel this so much in my bones yeah. and I feel like this is something that I've, I've been coming more into in my own sense mm-hmm. of like I've, and I think that there is, I think there's an interesting trajectory of like, I don't, I don't even know if I like the word marginalized folks. Like right there, it's like, that's an interesting label that mm-hmm. gets put on people. You're marginalized. Well, yeah. And it's like, okay, what is that? But this, for me, it's this interesting thing where I'm like, just speaking from my own experience. Fair. I was talking to a friend recently and they were like, what labels do you use? Mm -hmm. You know? And I was like, I don't know. I don't know. Because I used to be like, I'm a non-binary lesbian. And I was like, I'm an alien. That's a great label for me. Mm -hmm. Cause I liked that. It felt like a little bit like these two tensions, Mm -hmm. this thing, but I'm like, I don't really want to identify as a lesbian anymore. Mm. And that was really important for me and protected a space inside of me. And was like for a time and was like, look at me, you know, you, I grew up thinking I was so afraid to say I was a lesbian. Now I can say it. I feel proud. Like how beautiful, what a journey I can claim I'm a lesbian. And now I'm like, I don't know if I want that fucking label. Like, I don't know if I want that. It's not that it's not something that's a part of who I am. And also that's really very small in terms of defining me, my romanticism, my sexuality, mm-hmm. the way I relate to people. It's, it's actually pretty poor at describing mm-hmm. the way I relate. And so it's like, that was a great label, but dissatisfaction seems like the natural byproduct of identification. Yeah, I feel that for you so big, knowing you. (laughs) I have less, I have, I mean, this is where it could get really interesting. Oh, may spilled their wine, their canned (laughs) wine. That's karma police. (laughs) (laughs) You're drinking canned wine, you're going to spill it. Um, Like, you know, I think we get real on this podcast. It's like, maybe I have less problems with identification in boxes because it's worked for me so well. I mean, if I'm honest, it's like, I, I want I want sometimes to tell people in a way that like is like the opposite of gaslighting. Yeah, I want to say everything you think is true. I, I didn't grow up rich, but I did grow up white and I am white and I and I do remember I remember seeing myself in Ralph Lauren ads mm-hmm. and Tommy Hilfiger ads mm-hmm. and ads mm-hmm. and in culture. And I remember thinking I am I, I, I didn't have it I didn't have it like in a race way. I just had it like I'm, I'm the epitome of what people are looking for. I had the feeling. I had the feeling of that. 
Yeah. I wouldn't even say that, but I was like, I'm looking at all the ads and I'm like, that's me. That's me. Yeah. There was all kinds of things to identify mm-hmm. with. Yeah. And I could dress like that and then get accolades for that. Like, Oh, you look like that. And like I said, like people in my high school always called me the all American boy. It was like this big uh, title for myself. And so I was like, of course, I guess I'm not going to have as big of a problem with boxes. I'm like, thanks. This is working great for me. <laughs> right. No, that's a very interesting. Cause it's like, there's, and this is part of this journey here of like the folks who have to construct a box for themselves. Yeah. It's like, okay, I now have to construct a box, but then I construct the box and instantly I'm bigger than the box. Yes. It's like by constructing the box, I'm now going to need you to redefine it. And it's like a constant state of re-identification. And, and of course I have my own issues with my own boxes, but I don't think it's as loaded and as heavy as some others might experience it. Right. And I think it's just a very different experience, mm-hmm. a very different experience. Very different. Um, okay. So this is an annotation off genius that doesn't have the person's name. So thank you contributor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we would like to give you credit. <laughs> Let me see. Maybe I can write your see. name. <laughs> oh, Mike Irvin 23. All right. Mike Irvin 23. Um, <laughs> and I think this is a, 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 a good little word on this. Moses seems to be introducing a very complex idea, which is a person's tendency to label the things they see. It is something we all do so that we can navigate through the world. But his point is that as soon as we do it, the object we label loses what it is and we come, we become dissatisfied with it. Yes. I believe Moses wants the listener to realize this tendency to compartmentalize and to understand that when they partake in compartmentalization, objects become nothing more than boxes on a conveyor belt. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> Building off that, <laughs> Moses addresses this idea in the song Keeps Me Alive, where he says, Childlike curiosity about my fate is the only thing that makes me stay. Dang. As we grow older, we tend to claim to know things. We lose our curiosity for the world because we place them into boxes so we can understand them. Ah, that's a no small thing mission statement. I know. I'm like, this is lesser, more curious. <laughs> <laughs> this is, is everything we that's stand it. for. That's it. I, it's, it's so funny. Like after all this time, it's like the slippery slope conversation. It's, it's like when people are like, well, to what end? When does it end? It's like, it doesn't. It, doesn't. it simply does not. Yeah. So sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I want to read this other quote from Moses um, in an interview. I don't think I read this in the first episode, but I'm kind of concerned. Who cares if you did? Who cares? I know. We I'm need like, to it's, it's worth it Look, multiple I'm times. I'm sitting here in front of you having been present for that first recording and editing it. And I would still love to hear it again, whatever you're about to say. So great, great. If you can find it. Um, <clears throat> yes. I'm going to actually read two, I'm going to actually read two quotes. And this is from an article that I think is one of the best articles on Moses Summoning. I had to make, oh. I had to do a free subscription to is this it website. Stereo to get gum? It. No, it's independentco.uk. The article okay, okay. is titled. It's also a good one. I, I approve. Men are entitled to find what socially responsible worth they have. Ooh, that's the, that's the title ooh, ooh, ooh. of this article. Um, okay. Okay. So I'm going to read two sections from it. The constant perspective flipping of his childhood. Oh, so this is in response after talking a bit about Moses Sumney and the fact that he grew up in California, but then lived in Accra for six years and then came back to California. The constant perspective flipping on his childhood meant he never felt he belonged. And although he now enjoys how that gives him the liberating ability to not fit anywhere I like, including North Carolina, it's Mm -hmm. a very, it's freedom that comes after years of struggles. 
He credits his friend, Tyus Elasi, the author who provides Gray's narrative interludes with helping him see that, this is a quote from Moses, when you move between cultures, you don't belong to one thing or the other. She says you become a third thing. There's a kind of splitting into something nameless and and shapeless. He adds that being a middle child and having undiagnosed ADHD didn't make him any more comfortable with his identity, but having a creative imagination made going off into my own head, not just bearable, but fun. There was always so much going on in my head. It could be overwhelming. Wow. Um, so I feel like that right there is this, this introduction of the third thing. It's like without boxes, create the boxes, neither. G-R-E-Y, G-R-A-Y. G-R- Wait. A combined into E. Yeah. Like it's not, it's, not, even, it's not even A and E. It's not even A and E. Yeah. It's like A, E, but they're morphed together. It, it just does seem like a big middle finger. People are like, what is it? And you're just like, it's a middle finger. It's like, <laughs> it's it's a middle like finger. don't worry about it. It's like, you don't get to know. It's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's experience it. It's like sit there and listen and that's it. Don't. <gasps> right. There's something about it that is like, Oh, can't explain experience it. Mm-hmm. You must experience it. You must experience me. I mean, I mean, we're going to have aha moments all along. What's the point of even engaging this? I like that. I like the idea of like, I could identify, like I've, I've read some interesting articles r- recently about just the idea of identifying mm-hmm. and it's like, sure, I can say queer and maybe that's helpful for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I'm just, I am just me and here I am. Right. Talk to me, walk with me. Like, like <laughs> it feels like you there it's, it's again, it's, it's helpful and dissatisfying. Like yeah. it, it's, it's never going to get you. It's never going to be the complete thing. It, we are experiences as people and we're also fluid and becoming, I mean, there's this concept that I just finished this book, the developing mind and it ends with this concept I was telling you about of we're not an I, we're a we. Oh, right. Like, I love that. A me, we, of course. And I feel like that in itself is, pushing against these identities. It's like, we're never actually just our own identity. We can't, we can't actually fit into a box because we are who we are by relating, which is back to that conversation of having this friend who was like, I don't, it it was a very fun and playful conversation, very safe energy around this. But she was like, I don't see lesbian as being a very good label for you at all, because I think labels could be different. Like, what if we said, I am someone who relates to someone in this way. I am someone who love that. Like, it relates to someone in this way. What if we defined ourselves by who we're in relation with and how we're in relationship to those people Love that it. actually might feel more not, not in the sense of like, I'm a lesbian, but more of like the specificity of our relationship with this person. I'm a lesbian <laughs> <laughs> or like, I'm in love with this person yeah. and that's who I am. Like I, I love that. and I feel like that's, love that. that's a new way of engaging with the more experienced, the we of it all. I think if Moses was listening, he would like that. <laughs> you think so? Moses, do you like this? Um, okay. So going off, I think this is an interesting thing because there is something very heavy quotes queer about this album Yes, that, that Moses plays with gender and plays with sexuality. I mean, we've got all kinds of things. Like we're going to get into it more probably next week, actually specifically, but there is this interesting thing too, of the people that he has in this song. We have two black women Mm -hmm. who are specifically speaking about 
issues of identity and race. So Aisha Fains, who is closes this album, is someone who's known as like a womanist commentator on TV. Oh. But then we also have Michael Chabon and Ezra Miller, who are both heavy quotes, queer pop culture figures. Right. There's this interesting play happening between these kinds of figures yeah. where, and I think most people kind of look at Moses and are like, Moses is obviously queer. Right. I've always assumed that. And then I'm like, but I can't find anything where. <laughs> so here yeah. is, here is, I think the one thing I found where Moses speaks about this. Okay. All right. A little nugget, a little gem. Um, while he does, this is from the independent independent co UK, that same article that I just read from. While he doesn't want to discuss his romantic status, he is happy to expound on the public ideas about it. He is often billed as a queer musician, hmm. although I can't find any veer, any interviews in which he has defined himself that way. Hmm. Now, quoting Moses, I have never identified publicly or privately mm. as queer, mm. he says, but I don't correct people when they say that. I try not to correct people too much these days because the desire, the desire to do so stems from ego. Ooh. And I realized at some point that proclamations of identification are largely for other people, not for the self. Dang. So people can call me whatever they want to call me. If it helps them feel actualized or like they're relating to something they see in themselves. But it's worth noting that no one has ever consider no one has ever been considerate enough to ask me. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dang. That's why I was like, profit. That's a profit right there. Dang. I'm like, oh. That's really good. There it all is yeah. right there. I mean, I haven't identified publicly or privately as that. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah. So it's like we, it, it's like, and I think there's something so beautiful. I mean, I'm like, okay, say it again, that trying to correct people is your ego. Thank you, Moses. Like coming right at my ego. <laughs> but that is, <laughs> there's something that's very, even in that way of saying, not even paying the mind to say I'm not that thing, mm -hmm. is not allowing the box to define him. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, it goes right back to the idea that we were talking about earlier of like, oh, is this the song Conveyor? It's like, it is, but it doesn't sound like the album version. Conveyor is lots of different mm -hmm. sounds and songs and Moses Sumney is a lot of different things and Mace is a lot of different things. It's like, how do we define it? It's like, I don't know. It's just, I think it's more about a, the experience of it, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which is, I don't know if you get in the right headspace, it's, it's exciting. No, it, be scary. it totally is. I mean, and, and I think this is the thing is this album again, we're going to get more into this theme because it's like, I feel like we start with like, isolation mm -hmm. and then we're now getting into boxes so we yeah. create these boxes but i'm more than that and then we're going to get into like binaries and then we're going to get into multiplicity so it's just like we're like moving towards something mm -hmm. here Ooh, i just got excited I was like, <laughs> we're going to get into multiplicity i mean that's a huge theme of this album and it's like this is starting to create this like the second like you can't put me in a box because i'm multiple yeah. Because the box is, there's always way more to me than what can be boxed in. I just had this thought of like boxes. It's like, this is why artists or people that are like artistic are always like viewed uh, as, as like high maintenance or strange or bizarre of like, 
you know, we've called your house 169 for so long. I refer, I'm going to the 169. I say, I'm going, I don't say I'm going to Mace Reuven and Maddie's house. I say, I'm going to the 169. Mm-hmm. And what if every, every so often you were like, it's not the 169 anymore. It's the greenhouse. <laughs> I was like, Oh, the greenhouse. I'm like, okay, okay. This could be the greenhouse. But, yeah, but it is a going greenhouse. to the greenhouse. All right. And then it's like not uh, announcement, everybody. It's now the corner house. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. The corner house. And it's like, all of a sudden you become known as that house. that's always changing names. It's like, oh, I, I, kind of I don't it. know what that is. It's, I don't know what it is this week. I have to check with them. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what are we calling <laughs> this week? <laughs> totally. Totally. But yeah, it's not, it isn't obviously it, this is not the one six nine. That's the label in the box we've given it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it can change whenever anybody wants it to. It can. Please don't call it the 169 anymore. Respect my pronouns. <laughs> the 169. The 169. We'll Respect Zazim our... at this point. <laughs> Honestly, though, <laughs> this, this, pro- this house would use any and all pronouns. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Very fluid. Gender fluid house for <laughs> sure. For sure. Um, okay. So let's keep it going. We're getting to the oh, end. Snap. <laughs> oh, snap. Um, so the interlude is that this is titled, but it's the next section. So we have dissatisfaction seems like a natural byproduct of identification. Dissatisfaction seems like the natural byproduct of identification. And then the last chunk is now all Aisha Fanes. Okay. Who oh, we talked I, I, about I assumed Aisha. This. You assumed Aisha it was Aisha. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Aisha Fanes in Insula. Right. Is who, that the same person? Same, same person. Per- okay. Yeah. Um, and this is, I truly believe that people who define you control you in the most. And so Aisha Fanes is, had an interview with Moses. She came to his house and recorded just a conversation with him. So that's where these clips come from. I want to know who the violinist is and some of these songs that I've heard him talk about. Anyways, side Um, note. And we talked about this in Insula, but Aisha Fanes actually died last year. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there is something where it's like this living legend Mm. kind of continues to be lived out in these songs. Um, and she was, uh, I mean, a very formative, like, commentator, pop culture speaker on womanism. Mm. Um, so she says, I truly believe that people who define you control you. And the most significant thing that any person can do, but especially black women and men, is to think about who gave them their definitions and rewrite those definitions for themselves. So good. Ooh, so good. Yeah. Um, so there's a, a little annotation on genius. Ooh, um, a, a rare annotation. <laughs> Thank you. I know you. this song, this song <laughs> has got some annotations. <laughs> um, when a person has been labeled and given a name about who they are, they also inherit all the definitions that come with those labels, which I think is something just pause on that. I say I'm, oh, what's a word that I could use to describe myself? I'm whimsical. <laughs> Okay. You think when I say the word whimsical, you have a slew of words and images and people and ideas and feelings that come to mind. Oh, Willy Wonka. Right. That's what you're saying. Right. And I go, I'm whimsical. Like someone else walks in and I whimsical. They have all kinds of things in mind. It's like, there is something about these words and these labels. That's like the second you say it, Again, back to almost like this we concept. You're that. However, people are hearing them are bringing their own definitions of what those words are. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, 
they inherit the stereotypes. I'm going back to this genius annotation. Mm-hmm. Um, they inherit the stereotypes, the labels, norms, the unaccepted behaviors. In our general society, these labels are continuously reinforced into our subconscious. It's in our own psychology that we have the need to categorize things into black and white. But these inherited definitions begin replacing our true definitions and guiding our behavior. I'm in this box now, and people in this box aren't allowed to do X, Y, Z. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a very interesting thing. I, I'm really coming at this, and this song has always kind of f- felt to me like in a way of thinking about like labels, and I think even me talking about this idea of like, oh, I once used the label lesbian, and now I don't really know how I feel about that. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, lesbians are like this. Lesbians are like this. Lesbians, lesbians are, are like butch. that. Right. And it's like all these definitions and like some of them are funny and it's like we can laugh about them, but it's like, oh, like gays can't sit in chairs properly. You know, like that's gays, gays drink iced coffee. Right. Exactly. All these things. And it's like it becomes these like they're funny, Mm -hmm. but it also starts to become these things of like this is what it is to be that. Well, my whole life it's been like men like sports and I'm like, I don't. I don't. Right. right, I want everybody to know that. (laughs) It's like the soon as as soon as the definition comes in control comes in. Yeah. It's like a definition leads to control. Um, so I think that there is something really, I, I think it's very beautiful and specific and profound that these words specifically say, like, I think it's the best thing that all people can do is to define themselves and significant thing any people can do, but especially black women and men. Like I find that to be a very beautiful, I was about to say poignant point, Poignant. Poignant. <laughs> I, I, I can never say Pog- that word. Poignant. Poignant. <laughs> Mark there. And I yeah. find it to be really interesting and particular in contrast, honestly, to like Michael Chabon and Ezra Miller being in this song. Yeah. Like it feels significant that it's bookend by Taya Selassie and Aisha Thanes. Yes. And this. The final word. Yeah, it kind of feels like the final word here. Um, And I mean, the way that the song, it kind of jumps out. It's like, it kind of cuts down by the time you get to this part. Mm -hmm. It's like, these words are strong. But the words that really stand out are very concerned. Like that jumps out really aggressively in the song. And then at the very end, it's like, is to think about who gave them their definitions and rewrite those for themselves. And it like cuts off real quick, yeah. but it gets kind of silent yeah. and like almost like I almost non distorted speaking of insula. It almost feels peninsula. Like, Oh yeah. The way this, these last lines, you sort of taken a taxi out to one final little Island for, and a, it feels a, a like, camp. it feels like it's like the white noise has walked is dropped off. Yep. Yep. And yep. here's these words. Um, dang. So then I feel like this, so that's how this song ends. And I, I, again, I feel like we've ended this first act of sorts and it's like, we were just kind of like getting into it. And now it's like, now it's time to go. And I truly believe that people who define you, control you. And the most significant thing that any person can do, but especially black women and men is to think about who gave them their definitions and rewrite those definitions for themselves. We go into the gray. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we've dealt with the content. We've set the table. Now we're now we're gonna go for it. It feels like there's like been this like 
throw these things and now it's like into the gray. And the next little bit, yeah. and we'll talk about this, is kind of like a rapid fire between these like thesis statements and other songs. Yeah. And it feels like we're reaching like some kind of meat yeah. coming up. I mean, <laughs> meat, like thinking of feral, meat is all along this whole thing. Um, but I mean, he had that masculine thing down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this song. And in conclusion, in conclusion, I love this song. I think it's there's a really that there's good that song. Uh, meme of like Lisa Simpson giving her presentation. In conclusion, in conclusion I love this song. I love this song, <laughs> and it means a lot to me. I feel like this is a, I find this to be mm. a, a very very helpful critique of something that is good, but holds the goodness and critique in a really robust way in a short amount of time. And I think even the fact that it's four people cutting back and forth between their voices is part of it. Yeah. Like part of this kind of back and forth commentating of becoming yeah. that is, is emerging in this album. So those are my thoughts. Those are really great thoughts. I, I was very highly immersed in what you were saying. <laughs> this has become very fun. I mean, you guys, this isn't our job. So it's like, we, we have to have it be fun for us. This is like a fun you thing. You have to have it be that fun. Was, that was like us at our best in our way. Like I was very wrapped up in what you were just doing. Um, I learned a lot. Do you have any, do you have any thoughts on boxes? <laughs> thoughts on boxes? I thought that was coming up for me is like, sometimes the only thing I feel like I can do is to speak for myself. I can't control the world and people. And, and you've heard me say this thing. I wouldn't do that. Like it's, it's got love to say. I wouldn't do that. It's this very bizarre thing of like, I, I don't know underlying that or implicit in that statement as, as a critique of sorts of like, don't do that. But like all, all I guess I can do is a, take accountability for myself. And I'm like, I don't want to make, put people in boxes and I do want to make space for people to define themselves exactly how they want to define themselves. And I don't want to be part of any effort that tries to manage or control anybody. And I get very confused why anybody would want to be part of that. Right, right. Why, why, like, it's like people, people are like, oh, don't make such a big deal out of something. But I want to reverse it and say, but you're making a big deal. You're, you're trying to, you're trying to put someone in a box or you're trying to pressure someone to define themselves or you're trying to, you know, micromanage someone. I'm like, why? Why do you want to do that? Why do you ever want that even on your record? Right. I mean, I'm thinking about it in like a very Christian way here of like, I don't want it on my record. I don't, I don't want a parking ticket in that. I don't, I don't want anybody to say, here's a, here's that time you tried to shove someone in a box. I'm like, I don't, that's right. part of my own ethics. Right. Right. And it feels like there's this interesting tension of like, as you're saying this and like having this in mind of like, it's beautiful and important for people to come to their own conclusions and to claim certain like identifications that are important to them, yeah. you know, like familial identifications, ethnical de- identifications, identifications, sexual identifications, all these things. But it is, it's like this thing of when it's good and right for you and when it, you get to define it, you know, for yourself. Yeah. And I think there's even a stigma around changing your mind. People are like, right. Oh wait, oh, I is. thought you said you were a lesbian. Oh, there it's like, hugely well, is. fuck you. I'm like, I changed my mind. No, it's like, you've got to be able to change your mind, which is making me think, I, I want to read this quote actually that I have. Um, 
reaches for phone. I don't know. It's conspicuously far away from you. I would like to read this quote that I have. I just posted this on my Instagram, but I think that this relates to this. I'm reading this book and Scott's now reading it too, called the life of one's own. Mm -hmm. And it feels actually really in link with this idea of defining yourself. Yeah. yeah, It's this book. That's like this, this person who goes on to be a psychoanalyst, but kind of is talking, She's, oh no. It has limited space remaining. Okay, so. I'll say it. I'll, I'll say it fast. We're running out of time. We're, we're getting too into this. So this book is written by Marion Miller, Milner, who's writing this in like the 1930s. And she proposes this book and she's writing it down and she's like, I'm looking for meaning, but I don't want to find meaning in theory and what other people have said. Right. I'm going to write my own journals and I'm going to figure out what meaning is for me. Perfect. And it's this book titled A Life of One's Own. It's kind of this idea of like, I want to discover it on my own. I don't want to go and look to other people. I could do that and look intellectually or I could check in with myself and mm-hmm. see what it is for me. And I find this quote to be, really beautiful. And it feels like it aligns with this. Um, I had been continually exhorted to define my purposes in life, but I was now beginning to define, to doubt whether life might not be too complex a thing to be kept within the bounds of a single formulated purpose, whether it would not burst its way out or if the purpose were too strong, perhaps grow distorted like an Oak whose trunk had been encircled with an iron band. I began to guess that my self's needs was for equilibrium, for sun, but not too much, for rain, but not always. So I began to have an idea of my life, not as the slow shaping of achievement to fit my preconceived purposes, but as the gradual discovery and growth of a purpose, which I did not know. I wrote, it will mean walking in a fog for a bit, but it's the only way which is not a presumption, forcing the self into a theory. Good way to end this episode. Hey, everybody. We'll be back next week with Gagarin. Gagarin? Gagarin? We don't quite know how to say it. And Jack and Jill. Thanks for listening. (laughs) We're out of time because of our (laughs) SD card. (laughs) Bye, everybody.
Thank you.